This is Alex Medford from Denver, Colorado, coming to you from sunny Maui, Hawaii, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast brought to you by MyCustomSportsChair.com, the code PHN15. Use it to get 15% off anything you want to design, MyCustomSportsChair.com. The affectionately called first line edition producer extraordinaire. I want to go into my Ron Burgundy voice with the nine news shirt that he's got on here. (laughs) Birthday boy. I think he's finally 30 or something like that. Producer Richard Cote, Lonnie Goldsmith. College bound kid of the week here going on. And, and me. I'm I'm just back from a work trip in, in Vegas. Yeah, I'll, I'll share my, my experience at the, the Golden Knights game. Adam and Nick. Gentlemen, um, how we doing? Yep. Hanging in there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Rich, I really do want to go into a Ron Burgundy voice, just like nine news with the old school. I just I feel yeah. like we should Ron Burgundy this and anchor man at the whole hour. <laughs> and I'm Richard Cote. <laughs> picking your role huh <laughs> oh lonnie uh what's what's the snow i mean richard you got snow right yeah we got about eight inches of snow on top of the ice that didn't melt from last month's storm so that's still there it's something that doesn't happen here in denver very often is snow sticking around more than one day yeah man lonnie how's the, how's the minnesota cold we're getting pummeled up here it's been a really and it's such a snow once it, you know, there was a stretch where it warmed up and we just got rain. It's been a very wet winter here so far. And then all the rain froze and the snow warmed up, you know, it warmed up and the snow started melting and then it froze again. The streets are a disaster. It's, it's not great. Not great. Speaking of precipitation, we should just head to Seattle because the Kraken are a rolling. Uh, they, they have, they have now equaled their win total from last year. <laughs> Halfway so, through. Presuming they don't uh, crap the bed for, you know, the next 30 odd games, uh, they're going to have a better year this year than last year. Yeah, they're they're looking not too shabby right now. Uh, they've won eight of their last 10. Um, yeah, just kind of cruising along and they finally knocked Vegas out of that top spot. And that road trip that they had to, to start the month was just remarkable. Yeah, it was. Um, win at Edmonton, at Toronto, at Ottawa, at Montreal, at, and then at Buffalo on the back-to-back with Montreal, at Boston, which I believe was the Bruins' first first regulation home regulation loss home loss of yep. the season, uh, and and uh, only to this point, by the yes. way, yeah. Uh, you know, and that look, they lost. Yes, they dropped two games earlier this week in a back-to-back, but a back-to-back to Tampa Bay and then at Edmonton. I mean, like. Yeah, those are pretty good teams, but they are they're on a they are on a heater right now and have absolutely sort of figured out how to put it all together. I did not expect the Pacific to be the most fun division to watch. The the top four teams are within seven points of each other. Mm-hmm. And and or sorry, say top five teams are within seven points of each other. And the teams in Alberta are not in the first two spots. Which is, I mean, listen, the fact that Edmonton is not only they're not the first two spots, they're in the last two of those five. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a really fun division. To me, what's not even I mean, the most surprising thing about Seattle, yes, obviously their their road record is aided by that stretch at the beginning of the month. They're 16, 5, and 2 on <laughs> the road. They have the most road wins in hockey. Uh, sorry, second most road wins in hockey right now to New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey, who is 18, 2 and 2 on the road, which is and one of those two is to Seattle. It yeah. it uh it, it's just bonkers it, how how good they've been away from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're slowing down. They, they, they seem to, everything's working right for them. It, it's just kind of fallen into place and, and they're doing what they're supposed to do. I'm, I'm kind of curious about their special teams right now, because I was uh, checking out their, their power play percentage. They're about they're middle of the road. They're I think in 20th or 19th, however you want to look at it in the league for power play percentage and their penalty kill is second worst. Uh, I think only uh, Anaheim has a, a worst uh, penalty kill percentage in the league. So, and it's not like they're not getting penalties. Cause I think they're like 20th in the league in, in penalties. So, uh, th- you know, they're doing a really good job of playing even strength and, you know, uh, command, like just taking control of that lead, uh, you know, five on five. How much of that, guys, has to do with (sighs) – how much of the penalty kill situation is their goaltending? To me, that is – if they're going to do something at the trade deadline, I I think goaltending is is definitely their biggest need. I don't think there's a question there. I I Um, mean – They're they're doing this on offense right now. Yeah, I mean, no, none of their goalies have, have like their their top two goalies. Just just nothing above nine hundred. They're well below nine hundred save percentage. Nine hundred is not even good anymore. You know, nine ten would be the rock bottom of where you're even considering. Somehow, Martin Jones has a two eight four with an eight ninety four. That just kind of tells you the type of hockey they're playing right now. Twenty two wins. Twenty two wins with an eight ninety four. It feels wholly unsustainable. Yes. Like at some point, the bottom is going to fall out. They'll regress to the mean. I mean, pick your cliche there, right? At a certain point, that has to happen because this is just not sustainable hockey to be playing if if you're if you're the Kraken on the back end there. But but they've got essentially eight or nine points to play with to not be in the playoffs. I mean, forget for, forget first place, but I mean they've got five five win differential essentially between Colorado and St. Louis you know, six wins of Nashville to play with in order to down the second half of the season to not make the playoffs. It really is an amazing reversal. If you think about it of, you know, I think we were all sort of working on the assumption that it was going to be the central that, that got the, the, the two wild cards again, and that, and it may still break that way. Obviously there's a lot of time left, Yep. but, but the fact that, as of right now, the Pacific is going to have it, it look looks more likely to have five playoff teams than the Central does. I think it ends up being four and four. Also, I saw that face, Adam. But yeah, I, 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 but but as of right now, I mean, you wouldn't bet against it. I, I bet. I, I think four. And four. I think Colorado gets healthy, figures it out, and I, I Calgary. I think I think what they lost in the offseason just ended up being too much. I, I don't think they have enough. And I think Colorado does have enough and they're going to figure it out. I'm going to write off St. Louis and Nashville. St. Louis, I don't think defensively is good enough. And I don't think Nashville is going to score enough goals. Well, I think with, with with Krug out for a while too, I mean, that's just, you can't, 
you can't sustain that kind of loss when with an already shaky blue line. It just isn't going to yeah. That's just not going to work, though, in the long term. By the way, talking about uh, save percentages, nine a 9-10 save percentage doesn't even get you into the top 10 right now. No, not anymore. No, I mean, not, not with the way the league is, but still, I mean, if you're below 9-10, you're not even in the conversation of a solid starter, let's be honest. Right. Nine, 21 uh, wins with an 8-8-4? I mean, come on. Yeah, and three shutouts. Yeah. Okay. Which is uh, tied for second. I mean, yeah, it's... Well, what Martin Jones is doing is is remarkable. I think the bounce back from some <laughs> from some tough years in uh, in the Bay Area is, is you know great. It's you know good for him, but yeah, I I don't know. I just um, I mean, and, and here's the thing: two eight four is going to be one of the better goals against averages he's put up in the last uh, ever the best in the last five seasons ever. Uh, he had a yeah. 240 in uh, 16, 17 with the Sharks. A 240 at the 912. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes you wonder of of who. Because it, I would assume they're looking for a goalie. I mean, he, Martin Jones doesn't strike fear come to playoffs, right? Right. So, I mean, the question becomes, you know, Sorokin can't go anywhere. The Islanders are still in it. Gustafson's too young and has control, and I don't think that that Minnesota wants to give up youth uh, there. Well, no, especially given that you know Fleury's age, right? I mean, Chicago's got Stalock, who, but he's injured again. So you know, there's that. And and, and if Alex Stalock is your answer for a contending team, what's the question? Like the question I, is the question is Martin Jones. I mean, that's Stay, the question. I, I'm not sure Alex Stalock is the answer to that, though. Look, I think Stalock is fine. I, I mean, like he's a backup, but like I don't know if that's who you're turning it over to in a pinch. I, uh, I, I'm not totally comfortable with that. I mean, the yeah. really weird thing is that you know the Red Wings right now their backup is Magnus Helberg because you know Nedeljkovic is conditioning stint in Grand Rapids. The Red Wings picked out Helberg off waivers from Seattle. I'm rather have him backing up right now, or even challenging Jones for a starting spot than the current situation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Oh, the other, I mean, and of course the other issue with, with the, with the, with the situation with the Kraken is, you know, Grubauer is, you know, what's the Grubauer contract. That was a, wasn't that he was like their big money first free mm-hmm. agent signing before their first year. Yep. And he's um, played 15 games. Yeah, he's uh, he signed through the twenty. Oh, he's a six million. Yeah, he's a yeah. six million dollar man. If I remember, just correctly. under. Yeah, five yeah. five nine. Yeesh, that is. Uh, but Jones is off. Jones is off the books after this year. So, right. you know, and, and a floor team may may take a group hour. Yeah, for four more years. I mean, and this sort of is the question, though. Does he? Does he go to, you know, what in a trade like that? It's always, what do you have to give up? Like if you're giving him up, what, what are the extra assets you need to send with? Seattle has about 6,000 draft picks over the next two years. (laughs) They do. I mean, I'm not giving up. Maybe maybe 6,001. You know, I, I give up, you know, the, I'd consider giving up the Toronto picks they have in the second and the third in the the next couple of years. I don't want to give up my own picks simply because, you know, 
you don't, I mean, as, as we've learned with, uh, with Vegas is, you know, you start really hot and then you can come back down to earth pretty quick as we learned last year and Vegas has themselves in a tough spot. So does Craig Anderson answer your question? I mean, what is he? He's got to be older than me, right? Not quite. No, I don't think he's that old. I don't know if he's that old either. I think he's 41. He's younger than me. Older than Richard, though. I don't know. Older than Richard. Yep. You know, I, I think he might answer the question, honestly. And again, that feels fairly low risk to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's on an expiring deal under 2 million. I just... They've got to do something. I, if they want to make noise, I, I think that, that they've got to upgrade in goal because it doesn't look like Grubauer is bouncing back this year. And I just, I, I mean, Richard Martin Jones is not going to strike fear in any opponent. I don't care who they play. No, no. I I mean, he, he is, like Lonnie has said, he, he's done really well for himself this season. Um, he just, he, career-wise, he just doesn't have the numbers that's going to, you know, bring confidence to the team as you go into the postseason. Yep. You know, and then we look over in the East and it's ho-hum. Okay. It's, I mean, the East is what it is. It's the same teams week after week. They're jockeying a little position and Boston's really good. Yep. Right. Is that my, that's the summary of the East? That's pretty much, that's the nutshell right there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's amazing to me is Tampa, Tampa can finally seem, feel like they're putting it together. They're on a seven and three stretch for their last 10 and they're losing ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they picked up on the Leafs. Yes. They picked up a point. But by winning seven out of ten, they picked up a point on the Leafs. Right. They're four, yeah. uh, they're four points down with two games in hand. Yeah. So virtually tied, right? As some people like to I, say. I mean, yeah, Boston is just playing ridiculous hockey, right? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're they're, they're having a season. They they are. <laughs> Speaking of guys that have a season and maybe getting some jewelry, maybe from LDE Affinity Jewelry, click on them. All-Stars are out, and and All-Stars are out, and, and, and we're going to talk about All-Stars, and we're going to get a new jersey segment on this show. We've got a, two types of jerseys to talk about, as well as a controversy involving not wearing a jersey in the jersey segment this week. So it's kind of a potpourri of the first-line yeah. jersey talk there. Um it's it's the all-star game guys uh yay there there were snubs Pit, van, fans voted people in um the rangers and colorado and edmonton fans ran to the twitters and the, the grams and the talks and, and all the socials to to vote with their multiple people um i mean anybody missing that you guys are screaming at this year i can't think of one I mean, really, the only ridiculous thing is that Pasternak needed to get in to the <laughs> fan vote. I mean, what are we doing here? Well, because they went with their goaltender as yeah. the one choice. I guess, but I mean, look, that's there. There's some justice done there. Yeah. Again, I understand Drysital. You know, Drysital versus McDavid is a <laughs> like. What are you going to do there for Drysital? Well, Marner over Matthews was the the pick by the league. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that that division was like, oh, Vasilevsky, Pasternak, and Matthews. Oh, really? They had to be voted in. Like, right? What? <laughs> what? Right. No, the central and the, the central and the metro and the the Pacific. Really, you could tell the fan bases that. I mean, look, Stuart Skinner is in because because I guess the Pacific needed a third guy. 
Um, I, okay. The, the, the league screwed up the central. Okay. Vladimir Tarasenko's injured. Yes. Why? You know, you're going to have to replace him. Why, why play this game? It's, it, it's, it's just dumb. If the league is selecting it, you know, you had to send somebody from Chicago. Well, Seth Jones is having the best this year because Kane's not, right. even though they probably would have loved Kane in the game. Arizona's got Clayton Keller. Okay. It's probably one of the most marketable names on the team. Yeah, I mean, like Jason only because, Robinson. Only because Jones' kid is still at Arizona State. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So he's not the most marketable name in the arena. Just, right. just on just, the team. Got it. Yeah. Just on the team. Okay. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, Dallas didn't get more. And yeah. only Jason Robertson for the top team. Right there. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's the nature of the way that they do the games now with everybody represented. I Josh Morrissey over Connor Hellebuck didn't make sense yep. to me. I mean, why, you know, I, I guess it's because they, they wanted goalies per division to be selected as the backup instead of just going with two goalies. Right. I, I mean, like, I, I would, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. These, you know, pretty spot on. Rangers get Panarin and Fox in, like you said, Dreisaitl and, and Skinner was kind of a surprise. That was a bit I, of a surprise. I, didn't ex- I think that's probably the biggest surprise in the fan vote. I didn't expect Stuart Skinner to get in as a third oiler. So, yep. Um, jerseys got revealed last night, but before the but leak before the midnight uh, rule, midnight East, uh, why they're doing midnight instead of just on the intermission of one of the games. Oh, who the heck knows? Um, I, I'm disappointed as I have been for four years now. I'm just going to start with that. We're not playing East versus West. Correct. Why do we keep doing two jerseys for a game of four teams? For two years, in eight, in 17 and 18, they did four jerseys, one for each division. Yep. Why are we doing this? Uh, I don't know. The cutting costs, on, I, I really have no idea. It, it's nobody's playing for the East or the West, and that's, that's right. the jerseys they're wearing. So who changes what happens if you get a – I mean, I guess you're – at some point East is going to East could play East West could play West. Right. Like, yeah, we haven't seen the brackets yet, so we don't know. True. It's going to be beer league. You go out to the other locker room, say, Hey, you guys going light or dark (laughs) turned inside out. Right. Right. Reversible jerseys. There you go. I mean, I'm assuming that they, they had now in years past when they didn't do it, they had the two color jerseys. So each team could wear either of the color, but these specifically say East on, on one and West right. on the other. Right. So I'm wondering, I, I mean, are you putting the crest on the other as well? And we just haven't seen it. I guess. I mean, that's really the only thing that makes sense, but they're not great. You know, I think that's really interesting here is the, the fact that, you know, in past years they have sort of color or theme, you know, thematically somehow tied to the host city and this is tied to Miami Vice. It's the host city. But it has nothing to do with the Panthers. It's Miami. They don't even play there. But they don't even play in Miami. Close enough. Hey, here's the thing. I love the jersey. Going going back to that mid nineties, the star, the, the star the look. Jersey. I don't have a yeah. problem with that. I have a problem. I like the with Miami the, Vice color. Let's, I like okay. the Miami Vice colors too. I it's it's the the East and West thing makes no sense. Here though. here's my question. So they're going reverse retro. This is part of the reverse retro 2.0. The first reverse retro was supposed to be a couple of years ago when COVID canceled the all-star game in Florida. Were these the original design? If they were okay, they're sticking with it. Otherwise, man, 
the reverse retro Panther jersey could have been really freaking cool to make into an all-star jersey. Yeah. yeah, right? Instead of but I mean, we've seen this with the Heat though. We've seen this with the Mar- like Miami Heat colors seems to be the thing in South Florida. Yes. It's because the, the they're, they're all in. Right. Because they're the thing in South Florida. They're, they're, they're the all winning in. team in South Florida. Miami Vices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who didn't stay up on Friday night at nine o'clock central on NBC to watch that? Obviously. I mean, Knight Rider and Miami Vice, man, that was that was a night. Yes. <laughs> I, I kind of like the jerseys. I'm I'm a fan. The I, East and the the Eastern Conference and Western Conference just make no sense. I, I they exactly. have to have done a, a dark and a light for both. I which I'm fine with. Um I think I, I would have felt better if they would have gone even with the reverse retro colors of the Florida Panthers, the, the pink just, I don't know. It doesn't really to me make much sense. Uh, you know, maybe you go with, I don't know. I, I think they should have gone with the reverse retro colors of the, of the Panthers. Nah, I, like I said, I wonder if these are left over. That's just kind of my, my thought is how long have they been holding on to these designs? No, overall, pretty good. Overall, pretty good. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll go to the less controversial jersey topic. Uh, the Coyotes for fourteen games, like the rest of the year, uh, they've got new dark jerseys. Um, they're red. They've got a cactus on the pant. They got some Kachina E thing ish on the bottom. They're using the old moon as the captaincy with the script Arizona A that looks like a cactus as their assistant A. Um, this is the best jersey I think in the history of the Phoenix, Arizona mullet coyotes. Uh, and it's not s- close. Second best. Not, no, it's not, not even close. S- yeah, you're right. Not even close, but it's the second best. You're going with that black crap that they wear normally. I, I'm going with the amazing Kachina jerseys. Yeah. They wear. Absolutely. Um, you know, th- this one's not bad. Uh, I just, I feel like it's a little too bland. A little too amazing. A little too bland for me. It, I mean, I, I like the artwork around the border. That's fine. But, I mean, you're you're a team in the Southwest. Cactus and, on the pants? Huh? Cactus on the pants? That, that's fine, but just the jersey itself needs just a little bit more color to, to represent the, you know, the American Southwest. Have you been to the American Southwest? Uh, born and raised, thank you. Color! What, what's the most famous color in the Albuquerque area? Oh, by the way, brown and then brown, turquoise. Yes, yes, brown. Yeah, well, turquoise is the jewelry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brown. You know, colors that, that the Southwest is known for, yes, turquoise. I mean, you, you got your purples with the sunsets. You, you got amazing oranges. You know, it's, you got a lot of color in that area. You just, and it's, it shows a lot in the artwork. To, for this to be red and white, and it it looks like an ASU jersey. They have it in the artwork. First of all, ASU is burgundy and gold. Second of all, the <laughs> that it, like they have color in their they have color in all of the other awful jerseys they've thrown out there. Which is why they're awful. awesome. With, they are spectacular. The desert landscape, and I think that makes perfect sense. <sighs> no, I mean it, it. I'm not saying that this one's bad. I it, it's all right. It's, but it's, I, I'm not, it's not the slam dunk you guys think it is. I think it's the first good looking jersey they've ever had. 
I really am. I, I, like, this is the first time I've looked at a jersey because I would actually buy that if I was a fan. If I was a fan of the Coyotes, I would have never bought a jersey since they came in the 90s. Never. Sure. I'd wear a Winnipeg jersey to the game. Because <laughs> you're that guy. Because they had better jerseys. Way better. This is, to me, this is by far the first ever, 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 ever good jersey they put out there. I can't wait to see him on the ice. Hey. Along with 4,800 of their closest friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I, again, not, not a horrible jersey. I like it. it. It's okay. It's just, it's not the best one they've had. The best one is the Kachina jersey that they currently wear. Okay. But is, I mean, the, when your when your roommate has similar colors than you, you you may as well appease your roommate. Oh, no, that had this has nothing to do with Arizona State. Nothing. You sure? They're, they're, yes, because they're using Sanskrit, not gold, and they're using the their own red, not Arizona's burgundy. Said to similar, me, this is not even similar clear. colors. No, it's, it's similar. Eh. No, the Broncos and the Chicago Bears have similar colors. Yes, they use it, them differently. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, it's, I mean, Michigan State and the Boston Celtics have similar colors. That's similar. Man, who's going to teach your son about colors? I really hope Emily's Obviously not me, I guess. Not, not his color, yeah, colorblind father. That's God. for sure. Okay, so what, where do you rank in the annals of the Coyotes jerseys, the, the 98 to 2003 green monstrosities? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Well, you're the you're the Arizona jersey expert around around here, right? What they wear right now the the current the black Kachina jerseys obviously at the top. These <laughs> have to rank somewhere. Uh, these have got to be the second. What they're going to okay. be wearing these Arizona ones. Um, the coyote head with the red and uh, cream or whatever color. Um, third, uh, that's got to be like the bottom there. Um, they're alternates somewhere in between. You know, the green one, the green one from the late nineties. Is that was that good to you, or is that, were those? No, terrible? not really. Like okay. the, the, the disembodied floating coyote head. All of them kind of rank somewhere below. You know, uh, their their latest. Uh, all Got of them it. are at the bottom. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and the crescent moon for the captaincy is cool. I like it that is. they're taking that shoulder yeah. patch and putting it on there. So, okay. Should should we get into the uh, should we get into the controversy part? I think we get talk into the controversy. The, should we talk about the flyers? Sure, why not? Lonnie, you you want you want to start? I'll let you uh, tee it up. I don't even know how to start this. Um, <laughs> I think if Provorov doesn't want to take the skate because he's offended by the jersey he plays for having rainbow letters and numbers on it, then he is more than welcome to, you know, leave the arena and come back the next game. But that Tortorella decided to play him is embarrassing, not just for Tortorella, but for the whole franchise and for the whole league. Um, As friend of the show, Evan F. Moore said on Twitter, hockey is for everyone until everyone shows up. Yeah. Yeah. The, the athletic, has a phenomenal article with three unnamed sources talk, going through the the weeks, two weeks leading up in the night of communication between hockey operations, business operations, a player quote in there. Van Reem's like outspoken on this. Give him credit there. Yeah. Um, the breakdown of communication between hockey and business, the CYA, 
as well. Tortorella's role in this. Um, here, here's my whole thing. First of all, there's one way to solve this whole problem in the NHL. Make them wear them in game. L- allow them to wear these jerseys in games. Mm-hmm. These military, the these pride night, these what you know, especially wearing a game. See, see what a player does for a game. And and don't do what the Rays do. Tampa Bay Rays, where they allowed a guy to wear a different hat. No, be uniform. Really see how much a player is going to stand up if he has to miss a game and a game check. And how he has to be in that locker room sitting out a game because of a jersey. I mean, that's that's it to me. Uh, another thing that 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 I continue to to rail on. I think this is Lonnie rails on it. I think he's the one that got me on this soapbox years ago. Before every sporting event in the U.S., we sing our national anthem. These aren't national teams that are playing. We're unique as a country. I'm not saying it's wrong that we do it. We're unique as a country. You. We don't sing the anthem of every player. Everybody in that arena isn't a citizen. Everybody that owns the teams isn't necessarily a citizen of the U.S. or Canada, if they're doing it in Canada. But we have far less. We went through a time where we had objections to that. People treated it different. Tortorella treated it different. He was pretty outspoken of what happens there. And he he said, yeah, he, he, he overreacted and it's different now. But my whole thing is, Why? Yeah, I, my my biggest thing was uh, with Tortorella, you know, this whole controversy could have been avoided if you just healthy scratch the guy. If he doesn't want to participate in in the in the warm up. OK, that's that's fine. You can you can scratch him for the game because Pride Night was not just the, the pregame warm up. There were activities after the game. This was a whole event put on by the organization. It was an entire night to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. And if you don't want to participate in that, you can miss the game. I love how he walked back from his comments years ago when he said, you know, when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing was going on Mm -hmm. and how he would staple a guy's butt to the bench if he didn't stand for the anthem. He's like, well, that was wrong. It was a little overreaction. Times are different now. No, no, you, you, no, no, no. I just want to stand up for this issue. Right, no, and it's not that times are different. It's that Tortorella, like the rest of us, watched a black man murdered on live television by a police officer, which enabled black athletes and all the people who have supported Kaepernick to say, see, this is what we're talking about. Just because it was televised doesn't mean it hadn't been going on for years. Kaepernick was right in 2016. He continues to be right now. And every other athlete that supported him by kneeling or not taking the anthem. So Tortorella, like, he's not enlightened in any sort of way. He just didn't <laughs> want to lose he didn't want to lose his top defenseman for a night. Tortorella enlightened. That's, <laughs> that's funny for Tortorella. Well, I mean, yeah. he, he said it in the article as well, is that you know, he he thought differently uh, about this. Uh, years ago, and he he's had some time to think. He hasn't changed his mind on the issue, so he he's, he's like, oh, you know, I've had time to adjust, but I haven't. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's not going away. Um, I I mean, it, it, I, uh, if you have if you have a, a way to read the athletic, go read it. Um, just to, to meet everything of how the night went down. Um, with Ivan Provorov's night from the business of the hockey app side is in there. And I, 
I mean, I mean, give Charlie O'Connor credit. He got three sources and a name player. And there's some good quotes in there. And there mm-hmm. was definitely a breakdown of communication. And I'm not sure. No, I am sure from reading this article, it's a fractured locker room over this issue. And Absolutely. I, th- and I think there are players that wore the Jersey that don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle, but they understood their role and what they're supposed to do in this situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, yeah. The, the hockey is for everyone until everyone shows up is, is such a great line and it's been used all over. It's, it's, and and every, with every subsequent statement this week, every you know subsequent comment, you name it, they keep stepping in it further, which is pretty on brand for not just the NHL, for really anybody, you know, trying to work their way out of a crisis, you know, communication situation. But like this is a particularly, you know, this is particularly galling that they can't figure this out. What what? Bugs me the most about Tortorella. He was asked, do you think what happened detracted from the night? His quote, no, because it was somebody's, someone's certain strong beliefs. Do you know how much time the organization the players put into Pride Night, how much they wanted to be involved in that? We forget that because one person in his religion and his beliefs did not want to partake in the 15-minute warm-up. End of quote. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the point is you, he took away from it. Right by doing something as selfish as he did and made himself, he made himself the story. Right. Yeah. And, and he knew he was going to be the story. Of course. And it's not, it's not just, it's not about the warm up. That's the thing. It's not about the warm up. And he, you know, he's clinging to religious beliefs and uh, you know, Keith Olbermann on his podcast this week has been going on about how his religious beliefs are Russian Orthodox, which has justified the attack on Ukraine because Ukraine holds pride parades, right? The Russian Orthodox Church is a warmongering religion that backs Putin and backs what the Russian government is doing right now. So again, maybe maybe glomming onto your players' religious beliefs, not quite the right message you think it is. So what's... What's worse, if there is a worse? I, I don't know if there is. Tampa Bay players playing in their game, not choosing to wear the hat for the night and the pride jersey and hat that they were wearing for their baseball game, or Provorov just sitting out warm-ups because of it and getting to play in the game. Um, I, oh boy. <laughs> go, go ahead, Richard. That's... I, I'm going to say I think it's having him sit out the warmups and then getting to play the game, because not only does it send the wrong message to the league uh, that you had this organized event you were going to do for the night for a specific community that you want to get engaged in the game of hockey, and you have a big player who does not participate in that. And then, you know, there's no repercussions. There's a second message that it sends to the rest of the players in the locker room saying, Hey, if you don't feel like warming up, you could sit out and you still get to play the game. You don't have to participate to play. I, I I would actually go the other way simply because like 
the word uniform it isn't just what you know the fact that they it's they all wear the same thing mm-hmm. and that a player gets to play despite not wanting to wear the same uniform as the rest of his teammates like in a game setting is i think wrong um and, and i think there's an example in um in europe uh paris Saint-Germain, the soccer team there they had a pride night which i thought sort of interesting given they're owned by the qatari government uh, and they're you know solid their sovereign wealth fund and we're not going to get into the world cup and everything that happened around the lgbtq community there but they had a pride night the players had rainbow numbers one of their players who is african uh similarly did not want to wear it and they sat him for the night he's one of, probably one of their def- best defensive midfielders, and they're like, okay, you're not playing then. So, yeah, I think the way to handle it, is, you know, I think that's a, I think the way Tampa handled it was worse, that if he doesn't want to wear a hat, he doesn't get to play. I, I think that's fine, I, which doesn't change the fact that Provorov should have sat too. I, I think that Provorov's worse because with the Tampa guys, they had to face the media after the game and the next day and baseball is a very media accessible sport. So the, the way it is, there's always going to be pictures of them not looking like the rest of their team. And to me, pictures can create legacy and create more of a conversation. A player sitting out, never being photographed around his team, looking different stand, his stand up was to not be seen to me. I, I think that was worse than, these other players potentially as pictures down the road, if something they may have to answer for it again, Provorov's never going to have to answer for this again. It's, it's unfortunately going to be forgotten in, until the next pride night comes up. If there is one that he's a part of, but you know, you see a picture lined up with a couple Tampa Bay players and somebody goes, some kid, well, why, why are their hats different? Dad, why are their hats different? Mom? What, you know, that's a conversation. Yeah. They've got to face that. that to me, that's a long-term face-up for them. Where this one, he gets to sweep it under the rug and go play hockey once again. Well, the problem is he's not going to be able to because they're going to they're going to have there's going to be another Pride Day. They're going to do this every year. Every team does this, which means at some point he's gonna he's gonna sit out or he's gonna get benched for the game over it, and we're gonna he's gonna have to go through it again and again, which is good. He should have to. Um, and the league should have to, you know, have to go through this again and again and again because again they they butchered it as often so often happens. That's true. If you don't want to butcher yourself, you should get go to manscape.com because they take care of all your scaping without butchering you. Manscaped.com slash pro hockey news. PHN20 is the code. If you want to look as smooth as publisher Lula Fredo, Manscaped. Dot com is your answer. Richard needs to invest in a little bit of that manscape there. Yeah, a little bit. Got to, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. rough stuff around the chin there. So that's what we've got going around the NHL. We got teams looking up. Uh, we didn't buy teams that are looking down. We're just going to leave them. Um, you know, we're going to start getting into trade deadline talk in these next episodes coming up as we enter February. Cause I mean, there's God, it's quiet. I mean, it's, it's, there's no movement of anything right now. Everybody's holding quiet, it seems. Lots of rumors, but nothing substantiated about anybody going anywhere. Um, except the Bo Horvat news. Uh, teams are talking. It seems like there mm-hmm. may be some interest there. He may be the first to move, guys. 
I'm putting him on the first big name to move. I was going to say, I'd put money on that. He's been the one who's been talked about the most, and I think he's the one that most teams could use. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll keep our eye out there in Vancouver. But, uh, you know, now it's time for Richard's favorite segment of the show. Bangers and mash? Oh, wait, no, that's second line. That's the um, wrong God, A little respect <laughs> for the first line. Uh, it is time for our Bet 99 PHN Picks of the Week. Uh, the reason I am in such a good mood is last time we met, I actually won a week. Three and two, people. Three and two, my first winning week of the season. Puts me over uh, 10 wins what? on the season. Yeah. It's your first winning then you, yeah. you oh, no, no, I've won. had a couple of three and twos. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you, you just had some one and fours. I've had a lot of there. one and fours recently, <laughs> and that that's made me forget about the three and twos. All right, but on the season, Adam is still holding the lead at 21 and nine. Lonnie in second place at 18 and 12. And I am bringing up the rear, way in the rear, at 11 and 19. Uh, let's see if I can edge my way closer. First, for, first time I've been under 500 all year. And yeah. and the game we all agreed on, we all got wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so we should just not count that in the you know, record, I think. He, here's yeah, the, scratch here, it. <laughs> here, here's the problem. Here's where we went wrong with that one. Buffalo wore the uh they wore the Buffalo head jersey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they were the goat heads. They wore the goat heads, and they're not only undefeated, they're scoring like crazy in those jerseys. <laughs> yeah. What, yep. Once I saw that morning that that was what they were wearing for that afternoon game, I'm like, damn it, we're all going to lose. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let's see uh, how we do this week. Uh, again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us PHN podcast, or if you want to submit your picks to us, you can use the hashtag PHN picks game. Number one, Tampa Bay at Calgary. Adam, who you got? Well, this is, a new, this is like a nooner game. Yeah. A little, little early start out there in, in Alberta. And, you know, West uh, West going East never works in those early games, right? Isn't that what they say in, in the sport? That's this, no. West going NHL. East? I guess that's I think NHL. that's every sport, really. Yeah. Is, it, is that the, is that the, that's, that's West, yeah. But this is East going West. And, exactly. Um, I'm going to go Calgary, though. All right, Lonnie. Uh, Tampa Bay has been out West for a while. I'm going with the Lightning. All right, I am taking the Lightning as well. They are they're doing fairly well in their last uh, few games. I think they're going to ride that. All right, game number two, Carolina at the New York Islanders. Lonnie, who you got? Oh, uh, Carolina looked really good last night against Minnesota. Um, the Pacioretty injury is going to be, I think, problematic for them. I'm going with the Isle. All right, Adam, jerk it up. All right, I am going with Carolina as well. All right, game number three, got the LA Kings at Nashville. Adam, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kings apologist this season. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep <laughs> riding. I love the Kings. Hey, they're yeah. There's no reason to go against them this season. Lonnie, you gonna do it? Kings. Okay. Uh, just to be just, different, I'm going to go uh, with Nashville. I just don't know where Nashville's getting scoring from. I, I don't either, but you, you know what? Richard, you, you know your record is where it is because you're always trying to go against us to make the pit segment more interesting, right? I mean, yeah, I, but, I'm glad you fall on the sword like this for our benefit, but like... But, but oh, if no, I, it makes, I love his interesting losing record. 
It's very interesting. Too. <laughs> Good radio. Well, watch out. I'm going to go five and zero this week. And uh, we're going to come back in a couple of weeks and be like, Oh, you know, maybe I should do that more often. All right. Game number four, the Seattle Kraken at the Colorado avalanche. Lonnie, who you got? I'm going with the Kraken. I'm riding the hot team. Yeah, not a bad choice there, Adam. I'm I'm going to roll with them. I mean, I, I think Colorado's starting to figure it out and they're getting healthier, but still Seattle is until they lose on the road. You just got to go with them, right? Go the hot hand. Yep. Double down. Th- this one's a tough one to pick. Cause yeah, you're right. Uh, Colorado's starting to figure it out. They're getting healthy. Um, I, I got to go with them. I'll go with Colorado. All right. Last game of the evening. This one could be a pretty good game. Washington at the Vegas Golden Knights. Adam, who you got? I am going to go Washington. Okay. Vegas in person. Man, they're not they're not as fast as I expect them to be. I'll talk about that at the at the end there. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go Washington. Okay, Lonnie. Uh, Vegas at home is like they've got the Vegas flu. Everybody else used to get <laughs> that first year. 13, 13 and 0 at home. Uh, I'm going with Washington. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Vegas. I don't know. I, I feel like they're, they're a little bummed. They're out of first place. They could, uh, you know, kick themselves in the butt and get back into first place there very easily. All right. There are picks again. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at PHN podcast and submit your picks, share them with us with the hashtag PHN picks. Good, good choices this week, even though you did ignore two huge rivalry games, but really good picks. There's only one other game I, you could have actually thrown in there of interest because the rivalry games are bad versus good, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't realize San Jose and Columbus were a rivalry. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There yeah. we go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, not everything is Detroit, Toronto, Lonnie. Not everything. I know. I know. Toronto's playing their real rival. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's just going to get ugly. That's just, <sighs> yeah, it is. That's going to be yeah. bad hockey. Agreed. Closing thought. I'm going to start the closing thoughts, guys. No, we're, we're going to go out. You of, got out a story to share. Order. I do. I, so I went, uh, was in Vegas for work and took in the, the Monday matinee, a three o'clock desert time start there in Vegas uh, versus the Dallas Stars. By the way, Ottinger in person, he's a really good goalie. Talk <laughs> about a guy. I, I was texting my buddy Andrew Martin, the former minor league goalie who lives here and, and I talked about time, you know, and he's a Dallas Stars fan, grew up there. Um, I was saying, you know, he's, he's a quiet goalie. The, the guy just, he's in position. He doesn't give up juicy rebounds. He doesn't move a lot. I mean, he's just, he's a quiet goalie. And, and he, Andrew Martin, who is the goalie, a uh, lot, a lot of positive, but man, watching him in person was, was a treat. And I was sitting behind the goal. So I had a head on shot at him two periods um, as he was on the other end. Just he, he he's, he's special guys. He's, I think he's going to be good for a long time. I think Dallas has figured out their goaltending situation. Um, I'm going to say this about the Vegas arena. I was disappointed in the arena. I expected a Vegas like, or I was expecting glitz and glamour. It's just solid black walls and they, they do have a bar up top. I mean, like it, it was, it was great. Like to see the game, like the, the entertainment value at the game and the night, the good night and bad night before the game and the fortress and the drum line and Pendulette did the air horn thing before the game to psych everybody up. Loved it. Like their atmosphere. I've never heard as much bass pump through a building. Is there that, that is the bassiest building I have ever been to. Um, 
leading from the second intermission into the third period, they go to nightclub. KN, everything is night and K, like, yeah, they're, yeah, I mean, the Nitron is, is the name of their Dumbotron. Um, re- really good. Um, all the game present, one of the best game presentations there, but the arena, eh, nothing special about the arena. It's, it's not the Excel Center, which is, is one of my favorite arenas in the league to watch a hockey game. It's not Amelie in Tampa Bay, which I think is another great arena. Eh, I put this in the Honda Center in Anaheim kind of category. It's, eh. So, but presentation, if you're out there, go see a game. Um, they wore the reverse retros. So it's, there's a misnomer. The jerseys don't glow in the dark. They're the blacklight enabled. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're blacklighted. Oh. So oh. the players go through their tunnel and they have blacklight and you see the vague. It's really cool as you see them coming out. The lights are still down when they're out and there's not even like a hint of a glow. So I think they're more blacklight enabled than they are glow. But still neat. Yeah. They really are neat. Um, I wish they wouldn't call them reverse retros because like they just need to be like a third jersey, but they do a heck of a job. I'll get their game ops team, one of the best I've seen in pro sports. They really entertain you. It is going to a game in Vegas. Just the arena? Yeah. So, all I got. It was fun. They got shut out. I mean, Dallas, they're not as fast. Dallas was so much faster than them, guys. No, but I mean, bottom line is they're going to have trouble in the playoffs versus high school teams. That, that's what watching them for a game in person taught me. And thought that watch on TV, but seeing in person, a little different. So, there, there's my closing thought for the week. Birthday boy. Uh, yeah, my, my closing thought, um, you know, went up to the mountains on Monday, had a good time snowboarding, uh, just a birthday celebration. Myself, Emily, and a good friend of mine, Alex Medford, uh, listener of the podcast, um, had a great time. Unexpected powder day. It was fantastic. Um, and then the next morning, uh, remembered why I'm turning 39. <laughs> <laughs> and my legs were dead. I mean, it, to be honest, it was the first time I've gone snowboarding in about a year. And powder always works your legs more than you ever think it was. And I obviously, I don't work out a whole lot other than playing hockey every weekend. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't surprised my legs were dead. But it's just a, a subtle reminder, a little punch in the face saying, hey, you're, you're getting up there in age. So you might want to tone it down. Not going to, but I probably should. For the record, you feel like a young 39 to me. I feel like a young 39? Yeah, yeah I, I still peg you like in your mid-30s. Oh, thank you. I, my, my body doesn't agree, but I... Yeah, I was going to say, after snowboarding, he probably feels like a young 49, so... <laughs> I mean, it, at least we, we got to do we got to do it all. You know, got the, the steep uh, powder. We got to do a lap through the train park. Got to do some trees. Uh, it was just, it was a fun time. But yeah, no, body was definitely feeling it the next day. The big question is, how much did the wake make life make fun of you for complaining about how you felt the next day? Oh, we all were. So oh, none, okay. none yeah. zero. Yeah. Okay. And and my friend I went with is a friend of mine from high school. He his birthday is four days after mine, so he was right there with me. We we all took uh, a preventative Advil before we hit the slopes. So <laughs> no, it took it down a little bit. Speaking of old, Lonnie. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, really uh, sad day in uh, not just sports media, but re- in particular, the media that covers hockey in such a fantastic way at uh, so many of the SB Nation sites that we we read and we've talked about on this 
on the, on this podcast are being shut down. Uh, Vox, the parent company of SB Nation, uh, decided to uh, lay off 7% of its staff uh, and a lot of the writers I enjoy reading and the sites I go to for hockey info on a regular basis are among those that are going to be shut down at some point soon. And it sucks. And it's just another, uh, another indication of the problems with massive corporate ownership of media where they don't actually care about what's being put out. They care about the bottom line and the bottom line only. And this is, uh, just another uh, example of it. What's going to be interesting, if you guys don't know the history of SB Nation before they were Vox, before they were, I think, Turner owned them at one time. Um, You know, I believe SI started them as a college offshoot under, you know, eventually that's what it was morphed into under SB Nation. A lot of these were blogs started by fans that were doing it. I don't like PHN where not everybody was getting paid and it was a lot of community sourcing work and, and, and working butts off and publishers and all that. And then SB nation was bought conglomerated. They bought other blogs into it. They, they convinced a bunch of other guy, you know, Hey, let's come under the SB nation. And then they were sold to Vox. And, and these were people that, that were paid. And you have a number of SB nation alumni that are working full-time gigs in, in hockey teams and hockey media now because of the work and cutting their teeth. At, at the SB Nation piece, which it's really amazing when you look at it, how many careers have been offshot due to that. Yeah. Um, and the, the you know, uh, Twitter, uh, somebody I follow, he follows me, is a local uh, soccer bar owner and soccer podcaster. But but he sort of put together the seven-step list today as this news was um coming out and he said, you know, not to be flippant and I think he's right, but this is sort of the, the, what happened was, you know, one, have a fun hobby, write about it, maybe with some friends Two, websites can be part of a network and my hobby can pay me a little three. Oh, it's a job Four, this network of websites creates $1 billion of value five. It gets sold for a billion dollars, six, get laid off and my website is killed seven. Someone else is rich. And that is unfortunately the, what happens the cost of getting really good at something for you know as a hobby it's it's going to be interesting to see how many of these sites continue on in a different form um are their names allowed to be taken back <laughs> with them right. in a way uh you know one of the big losses i think to, to call them out uh you know we're niche we want to support the yep. other little guys out there the ice garden is going to be a big loss yep the ice garden covered women's professional hockey like nobody else and even college hockey but the women's game was helped because of the, the the group at the ice garden. And I hope they find a home. I hope all those, those writers in that group find a home because the women's game isn't going anywhere. And somebody of, of, of a hockey playing daughter that, that I have, I think it's super important to have a big voice, a b- bigger voice like that. And, and hopefully, especially the ice garden, not, not to take away from any of the other SB nation folks, but I hope those ice garden folks can find a new home and continue the work on covering the, the women's game, especially in the pro leagues. We are at a precipice coming up with the pro of how this is going to go for women's hockey. We're close. They're doubling salary cap next year. I mean, we're we're getting movement there, and it needs to be covered. And it's not going to be covered by the traditionals. We know that. Niche sports yeah. aren't. So, yeah, all the best to them. All the best to them. And, you know, there's always room at PHN. If any of them need an outlet, you know, we, we've got it. So good luck to those SP Nation folks. Let, let the PHN folks know we can help. 
Lonnie Goldsmith for Richard Cote, our friends at my custom sportschair.com, Manscaped, LDE Affinity Jewelry, Foco in the Chicago Wolves store. This is Adam Minnick saying so long from another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. <laughs>